When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it's a wee bit like Halley's Comet, actually. Uh, women playing test cricket, and uh, it's wrong. They should be playing a lot more test cricket, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and I think the evidence of that was just being played out at Trent Bridge and Nottingham in an absorbing contest, which uh, in the end, Australia beat England by 89 runs, but it was full of quality, full of quality, a double century, an eight for another century, a 99. Uh, so many quality uh, elements within uh, a five-day game. And it's a great demonstration to me that uh, I think the powers that be should be encouraging, not uh, stopping Test cricket. But uh, my next guest may have a differing opinion on that, or she might not. She might agree with me for once. Uh, we're talking to, about Emily Drum here, and uh, Emily, of course, uh, only was able to play five Tests for New Zealand. Uh, but Emily did pretty damn well, 433 runs at an average of 144.33, just by the by. Racked up uh, uh, over 100 uh, one-day internationals as well. She's been uh, a captain, a selector, um, and all sorts of things to New Zealand women's cricket. And it's great that uh, she can join us on the line this morning as part of her busy day at the office. Uh, good morning to you, Emily. Good morning, Smithy. Hey, uh, pretty cool test that, wasn't it, really? I, I think Australia were, were always slight favourites going into it and they, they duly won by 89 runs, but uh, it had a lot of quality about it. Certainly did. The biggest thing for me was the soft win. Australia got to that first and put a, a pretty sizeable total. I thought England's response was, was top draw, double ton by Tammy Beaumont was pretty special. And I thought going into day three, I, I thought, well... England might just crumble a little bit, but they actually put up a pretty, pretty good show and, and didn't finish too far behind, which made the game really interesting. It wasn't too lopsided. There could have been two results at the end of day three, or all four results, to be fair. But I just enjoyed the, the speed of, of how both sides went about their batting. Good pitch, quick outfield, shorter boundaries. It just meant that it was a really good, attractive game of cricket for everyone to enjoy. And if I'm honest, women's test cricket's been pretty boring and boring because the bats always dominated and, and it just ended up in four-day games being long draws. So what a great advertisement for cricket and it certainly kept me interested every single day and, and England could have got up if they had a little bit of luck but uh, Australia just too strong in the end. They've got some real quality players, both of these sides. Um, you know, and I'm talking here about you know, the likes of uh, Elise Perry, who probably pound for pound, along with Nat Siverbrunt, would be the, uh, I would think, the two best uh, all-round cricketers in the world, wouldn't they, in terms of women's cricket? Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about that. Australia just have got too much depth. Ash Gardner, Aikva, just a, a stunning performance all around and they've got so much depth and Moby Glanning doesn't really change anything for Australia. Alana King, their leg spinner, she was talked about as being potentially a match winner, didn't really feature too much, didn't need to feature too much and that's the problem that every side has going up against Australia. Um, you've got Sophie Edison, she had a temper, just performances and you know, on, the, on the big stage which is even better and, and 
just enjoyable watching the, the challenge between bat and ball. I, I was interested too to see um, the level of support for it because obviously it was televised all around the world um, and the crowd seemed to be healthy enough, which suggests to me there is an appetite for women's test cricket, Emily. Yeah, there certainly is. Don't forget the Ashes are the pinnacle for um, the Aussies and, and the English. 17,500 pre-sold tickets for this Ashes game. Significant numbers tuning in, watching very accessible uh, on telly. Um, you know, you don't have to be up all night, especially on the side of the world, but the Ashes is, is you know, the, the top series in cricket, whether it's white ball or red ball. But this is just a, a fantastic advertisement and encouragement for the body to push for five-day test matches. There's no reason why we can't do it now. They need to keep a little bit of that red ball cricket going in the women's game to, to entice players to bat for longer. I mean, throwing a double tongue was just huge. I mean, that, that's just unheard of these days. And, and you've, we're struggling here in, in Auckland wanting to get girls to bat for more than 35 overs. So it takes a huge test of mental toughness to be able to do that. Bat for a long time, come out and field again. Yeah, it's, it's exhausting, but it's the best of the best. The greatest test. So what... Why, Emily, has it gone missing uh, predominantly with Test cricket? Is it a cost thing or is it, as I say, is it a standard of cricket thing? Because we've gone past that. The standard of women's cricket in the world has never been better, surely. Yeah, we've seen a massive change since professionalism's come into play probably in the mid, probably mid 2015 onwards, where things started to really change for the game in terms of full time contracts. And then the, the quality and professionalism has just changed the ability for these players to hit the ball further, bowl quicker, the speed of the game certainly gone up. So it's been cemented with white balls because that's attractive. They're trying to attract sponsors, trying to attract a, a, a shorter form of public watching cricket fans. And you've got to have thumbs on seats to keep it going. So in the four-day test match cricket, in the five games that I played, sure, I enjoyed myself scoring a few runs, but we didn't even get close to being... There's one game where we got close to a result because the bat dominated the ball. We didn't have quick enough bowlers. We didn't have good enough spinners to, be able to, to rip through bowling attacks. And, and now you've got a better skilled cricketer. I think it's just going to potentially make the ICC, hopefully, and cricketing bodies stand up and notice how, how good this one was. It's four and a half days of really good cricket. And I like the concept too of uh, the Ashes being a mix of all cricket. I, I, I really do. And I, I think, I'm not sure it'll ever come to men's cricket, um, or not for a long time, but I love this mix. And I, I now see um, how you can structure any series outside the Ashes with women's cricket, particularly New Zealand against Australia, Australia against India, England involved. Those four countries in particular get involved, all capable now, I, I think, of playing all forms of the game at an attractive uh, standard. Uh, I, I see that as a way of the future in terms of hosting tours as well. Yeah, absolutely. The template has been proven multiple times now. But this is the first time we've had a uh, five-day test for ever. And now you've really got to say, well, one day it is actually worth adding that on. Almost a result every single time unless there's a bad uh, amount of rain, which obviously nobody wants to deal with rain, but it just means that 
the chances of the result are high. And also, it's just a true testament to the team where you've got the best side should always come out on top in a test match. Not always the case in B20 and, and um, white ball cricket. Right. Now, let's uh, look at our side because um, it's important. A lot of them have been playing a little bit of IPL. Uh, some are in other leagues around the world. Some have been playing in England, etc. But they are together again in Sri Lanka. Uh, tell us about uh, the importance of this particular tour in terms of starting to rebuild a side which can be credible and well-performed in international tournaments. Yeah, so you've got, a, I guess, a, a restarting of, of the White Fins journey to the next uh, ICC tournament. There's always one around the corner, Smithy, so you, know, it's, it's, you never get time to really reset everything and go again. You've got to be a little bit flexible. You've got to be able to get these fringe players improving and contributing because we've fallen so many times relying on our senior players to turn up for us and do a job. And, and when they haven't, we've expected a lot from our young players. But it's just another tour to, to get under the belt, especially in the subcontinent too. It's a rare tour for us, so it's an opportunity to play on different tracks at really good ground and I guess a chance for the coaching staff and there are new, new coaching staff in there, Dean Brownlee's relatively new, um, to, to get to know these players and help develop them so that we are competing, that we're pushing for these semi-finals. So I'm expecting us to, to be really strong um, and any team away from home. So uh, it's a good test and, and the stage for us to see where we are at and where we need to, to improve and, and plug the gap. Is it a series we should dominate? I would say yes. We should do that, but we're playing. We're going to be playing on some turning wickets, um, unfamiliar surroundings, the food, the environment. Just not quite sure if we're really, really seasoned travellers in that respect. So on paper, yes. But reality, this could be a really challenging time for us. Okay, so Emily, look, we, we know undoubted ability, uh, Susie Bates. Um, you know, Sophie Devine, undoubted ability. Emily Drum, undoubted ability. Who are the players? Now, uh, you know, three players can't win games all the time. Who are these players that these kind of tours uh, should be revealing to us as not just the future, but the you know the you know I'm saying the immediate uh, the in the immediate times actually I, I mean who are the people that should now with the experience that you as a selector and other selectors have been giving them should be starting to be noticed more regularly put it that way. Yeah, well, I think uh, Maddie Green has started to certainly show her experience. I know she's been around for a long time. I'm expecting big things from her. Um, you know, seasoned BBL player. There's some younger players coming through. I want to see more from Brooke Halliday, left-hander. Could be quite useful in that middle order. Georgia Plimmer's been on the scene for a couple of seasons now. Hopefully she'll get an opportunity. Um, you know, they're Mary Kerr's and Sophie's, but they will be certainly relied on for a certain point. But the fringe players, it's good to see Lee Kasprick pull back in. We've got four spinners. Uh, we've got Fran Jonas, who is starting to mature and, and certainly contribute as good as any left armour in, in the world in terms of her age. So looking for those sorts of fringe players to contribute more and, and um, I guess take the heat off and the expectation off those bigger players because you need all 11. Now, this is the problem. You can't win games with 
three or four players performing. You might do that yeah. off and on in the T20s and, and the odd uh, ODI, but you know, that, that, to be consistent, you've got to have these players standing up more times than not. Yeah, well, we've got a coach that's uh, been, uh, and Ben Sawyer, obviously, who's been very much part of the Australian setup. I'm not saying we have to be as good as Australia in the short term, but we certainly have to uh, look at their blueprint and say, um, you know, building depth um, and, and building numbers as well within that depth, uh, I think is hugely important. Emily, I know you would probably, too, have just cast a little bit of your eye uh, over the ashes as such. From now on, of course, we can watch it free to air, too, uh, in this country. What did you make of the first test? And also, do you think um, Baz Ball, as they call it, he hates calling it that, but the world is, uh, can work against Australia? Can they can they turn this around? Oh, of course they can. Um, I just try and put myself in the mindset if I was playing in uh, Brendan's team and thinking, what, how would I want to play like he wants to play? And I just sort of think, well, just that that fear of getting out is just almost removed and that the shackles are gone. I just wonder about the tactics though. wasn't quite sure about the decoration on day one. I just don't think they needed to push it so hard. There's five days and if they'd batted into that second day and got another 50, 60 runs or so, that would have really put the heat on Australia. I know they want to be aggressive. I know they want to reinvent a little bit around tactics and, and um, put the pressure back on Australia but I just sometimes I think um, the mix of tempo, how they go about speed of, of scoring runs is, and reversing off the first ball of the day by Joe Rick. I mean, that, that was pretty special, um, you know, to, to get that happening. It, it, it goes against all the coaching manuals, Smithy, so it, it's, it's hard to um, say don't do it because it's successful. He's got, he's got a, a template that he wants to deploy, which is great. Um, but sometimes I think you've got to just think, okay, it's root for us, we've got to keep going, but we just need to temper it ever so slightly depending on the situation. But you know, those guys are all skilled cricketers and they're backing themselves to play that way and, and that careless feel of, um, of a cricketer, you kind of need to just park that and just enjoy and play good cricket. It helps when you're on good track too, to be able to play that they're playing. So... We're going to see it continue. It's not going to change, but I just would like to see them just temper it ever so slightly so that they're making the right decisions at the right time. Yeah, another 20 or 30, I think, uh, from Joe Root in that second innings instead of um, firing uh, firing his uh, wicket away with that uh, slog. I think the only way he could uh, term it off uh, more Ali, I think that was crucial. And I think at the end of the day, Joe Root would have sat in that dressing room and thought, it was on me. I'm the player in form. I just needed to bat another half hour. And God knows we might be uh, tasting our drink in a different fashion here. But uh, that is, just, as you say, Emily, is the way that they play. And uh, the world is uh, starting to appreciate it. I'm not sure we're all, we're all good enough or have that kind of intellect to adapt to it, but it's, it's cool when it comes off. Hey, Emily, great to catch up with you. Thanks for those views on a number of cricketing subjects, and I, I hope um, that uh, New Zealand and, and other cricketing bodies around the world take a look at that uh, Women's Ashes Test match and, uh, and use it as food for thought going forward. Cheers. Uh, have a terrific day. Thank you, Smithy. Awesome.